From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, Help from Without. The text is Isaiah 41 and verse 10, Yea, I will help thee. Yesterday's promise secured us strength for what we have to do. But this guarantees us aid in cases where we cannot act alone. The Lord says, I will help thee. Strength within is supplemented by help without. God can raise us up allies in our warfare, if so it seems good in His sight. And even if He does not send us human assistance, He Himself will be at our side, and this is better still. Our august ally is better than legions of mortal helpers. His help is timely. He is a very present help in time of trouble. His help is very wise. He knows how to give each man help meet and fit for him. His help is most effectual, though vain is the help of man. His help is more than help, for he bears all the burden and supplies all the need. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Because he has already been our help, we feel confidence in him for the present and the future. Our prayer is, Lord, be Thou my helper. Our experience is, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Our expectation is, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. And our song soon will be, Thou, Lord, hast helped me.
One of the hallmarks of Protestant Christianity is its tradition of singing. Just as the worship in the Old Testament was characterized by song, so the people of God down through the ages have been a singing people. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer a CD entitled Our Great Redeemer's Praise that contains nearly an hour of the great hymns of the church performed by the various musical groups of Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. The CD is available free of charge to our Let the Bible Speak listeners. To obtain a copy, you may contact us by email, by telephone, or by regular mail. You may write to Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or you may simply call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Ask for your free copy of Our Great Redeemer's Praise. Today on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues the series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14 and verse 17, the Lord Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. This expression occurs four times in the New Testament. As Dr. Cairns will show, there are in Scripture at least seven actions ascribed to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. The first of these relates to the inspiration of the Bible. 
which is called the Word of Truth and the Scriptures of Truth. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will begin to address this most vital doctrine of the divine inspiration of the Bible, a doctrine which is under attack in our day. Now he introduces this message, The Spirit of Truth. In our studies in the Holy Spirit, His person and work, we have reached what I can only call a pivotal point. In recent messages, if you have a good memory, you'll remember this. We have considered generally some very important biblical teaching on the person of the Holy Ghost. Then we have moved on and we have dealt with some very basic aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit as they apply to all believers. We have thought of his work in regeneration, in baptizing the believer into the body of Jesus Christ, in indwelling all the saints, in sanctification, the fruit of the Spirit, adoption, the uh, earnest of our inheritance. Studies such as these, we have covered those basic areas of the Spirit's operation in each believer. But in every case, there is a very clear evidence in Scripture that the Spirit works these things in all believers. Sanctification may vary in its level, but nonetheless, in every believer, it is at a very appreciable level. Now, in the messages that are yet to come, and as I understand the subject of the Holy Spirit in Scripture, I would reckon we are about halfway through the studies. The Lord must dictate the number of times we come back to this, but in the messages to come, we will be looking some more at the person and work of the Holy Spirit, only this time, in those particular aspects of the Spirit's work, in many cases we will find that in the particular operation of the Holy Ghost upon believers, there are areas of study where we can say one Christian has been greatly blessed, has been greatly touched, and yet another Christian may seem to languish almost without the enjoyment of these peculiar exercises of the Spirit of God. For instance, when it comes, and this is only one instance, when it comes to the fullness of the Spirit, when it comes to the power of the Spirit, uh, there are gravely varying degrees of experience among true Christians. When it comes, to take another example, uh, to the witness of the Spirit, Protestant Christianity, and I believe that Bible Protestantism is Bible Christianity. Bible Christianity and Bible Protestantism have rightly emphasized the glorious truth of full assurance through the witness of the Spirit, but they have also wisely recognized that while this is a perfection in our faith, and a very desirable perfection in our faith. Nonetheless, that full assurance is not of the very essence of faith. In other words, there are true believers 
who for one reason or another, either at times or over a prolonged period, have labored under severe doubts. Now it is the will of God that we come out of those doubts. And the witness of the Spirit is a very powerful means of bringing us out of those doubts. But again, we have to admit that there is a, a widely varying experience here among the people of God. So we're going to be looking in the studies which are to come mostly at those peculiar and particular aspects of the Spirit's work in which we as Christians may have varying degrees of experience and enjoyment. So today we are at a pivotal point between the more general and the more particular aspects of the work of the Holy Ghost. And today's message will therefore in some way relate to all that has gone and all that is to come. We read this morning in John 14 and verse 17 a very wonderful title given to the Spirit of God. And while I mentioned it in a general study earlier on, I want us to think of it in some detail today. Verse 17, the Spirit of Truth. Four times in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is explicitly given this title. In our text, John 14 and 17, then John 15, 26, the Lord Jesus speaks, When the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. John 16, verse 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, or into all the truth. Then over in 1 John chapter 4, and in verse 6, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now today I want us to focus our attention upon the spirit of truth. And particularly, I want us to think, don't be put off by the number, but I want us to think of seven actions of the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. Dr. Paisley's always fond of pointing out that seven is the number of perfection. And of course, we're dealing with the perfect Spirit and we're dealing with the perfect truth. And we're going to look at his actions as the Spirit of Truth. Now, one of them is in the past with ramifications that continue through the present. The others are all things that he's doing in the present. First of all, as the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost has produced the authentic, authoritative, and complete Word of God, written and preserved for the Church of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of Truth. What a title of the Holy Spirit. But remember that Jesus said in John 17, verse 17, Thy word is truth. What is the truth? Well, one basic answer is, this is the truth. And in a peculiar sense, 
The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Scripture. In a peculiar sense, the Holy Spirit of God is identified with this book. I know that it is usual to speak about the inspiration of great poets and great playwrights and great artists. That is a total misuse of a theological term. I know that the word inspiration can be taken in a very elastic sense, and that's how it's used in this secular way, or in this semi-religious way. Uh, as to that which uh, comes from some mysterious inner motivation. But theologically, inspiration is the very action whereby God breathes His Word so that in all its fullness and in all its exactness, the writers of Scripture produced it as if God Himself had written it with His finger upon the page. The inspiration of Scripture tells me that from Genesis to Revelation, in every part, in the history and in the prophecy, in the precept and in the doctrine, in every part of Scripture, the Holy Spirit has given us His very Word. In 2 Timothy 2.15, the Scripture is termed the Word of Truth. In Daniel chapter 10 and verse 35, the Scriptures are called the Scriptures of Truth. Why are they the Scriptures of Truth? Why must we as fundamentalists, let me even change that, why must we as Christians believe in the inspiration, the authority, the integrity, and the authenticity of this Bible? Because it is the product of the Spirit of Truth. And to deny the product of the Spirit of Truth is to deny the Spirit of Truth Himself. If God the Holy Spirit has made Himself responsible for the Holy Scriptures and men find fault with the Scriptures, then they are finding fault with the Holy Spirit. They are taking what God says is truth and they are making it into a lie. The Holy Ghost offered this book. We read that clearly in Scripture after Scripture. I have dealt in the past with 2 Peter 1 verse 21, dealing with the entire prophetic scriptures of the Old Testament. If you study your New Testament carefully, you'll find, and your Old Testament, of course, you'll find that the entire Old Testament is looked upon as prophecy in the biblical sense. And we find that holy men of God Spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, as they were borne along in a totally supernatural way. So many people make the mistake of trying to explain inspiration. And they have all the kinds of theories. 
among conservatives there is a great fear of a mechanical view of inspiration that would make the writers to be only typewriters and God hammered out on the cheese. I don't think the scripture says that. But I can say this, that it is a supernatural action. Yes, in the writings of Paul I find that there are peculiar characteristics of Paul that come through in the writing. But nonetheless, God is responsible for every word. That's inspiration. Rather than taking the idea of a typewriter, Paul gives us a much better illustration in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where uh, you can take the idea of musical instruments. Now, you come out tonight and you'll get a little of my meaning. We have trombones that sit here. Now, if you gave Mike Barrett a trombone to look at this fellow, you wouldn't know he was a great musician, but uh, you give him a trombone and give me a trombone and uh, you'll certainly be able to tell the difference. One you'll recognize as music, the other you'll think of as purgatorial sound. And uh, his will be the music. But uh, say you come and if we're true to form, we'll have, is it a tuba? A euphonium. I never know what you call euphonium, brother. That's what we call it, a euphonium, right? We will have a trombone. We will have a French horn. Now say you were to add to those various other instruments. Uh, we have flutes and uh, clarinet and uh, well, say we had all the kinds of instruments that you could blow. I believe over at BJ they have uh, one very gifted man who can play about 13 different uh, instruments that take the human breath. Right. Say we had them all here and he came and he pled on each one of them Jesu joy of man's desiring. Right? Could you tell the trombone from the flute? I think even you or I could do that. Could you tell the French horn from a tuba? I think you could. You would have the same breath. You would have the same, if I could use the word, inspirer, using different instruments. Each instrument would have its own peculiarities, but nonetheless, the man providing the breath would be the one responsible for every note. Paul speaks of those who convey the message of God as being like trumpets or instruments who should not give an uncertain sound. The Lord is breathing through them and He is producing every note in the sacred melody of Scripture even though He uses various men to do it. This is the word of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 2.13 speaks of the words which the Holy Ghost teaches. Revelation chapters 2 and 3 have the recurring phrase. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches.
been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 